The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Welcome to this week's exciting edition of the Worldview Media Podcast. My name is Gordon Runyon, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Tucumcari, New Mexico. And with me in studio today is the woman who fell in love with me at the altar, though she didn't (laughs) know who I was. I really didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Well, that's the gamble you take. (laughs) It is a gamble. Uh, This is my wife, Joyce. Hello. And, you know, we're working on it. We're trying to make the whole arranged marriage thing work out. Uh, I think if it was an arranged marriage, we'd be with different people. (laughs) (laughs) In all honesty. (laughs) You're saying your parents wouldn't have picked me. Somebody's parents wouldn't have picked somebody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you couldn't guess, we're going to talk about the reality TV show called Married by Mom and Dad. Yeah. Now, this is available. You can watch full episodes on YouTube for free. And I'm not sure about seasons or anything like this, but what's the premise of the show? The premise is that uh, these are young people, it's both women and men, that have supposedly tried every venue to meet that right person and wind up with the wrong person. So in an effort to think that surely there is somebody out there for them, they're enlisting their parents uh, who know them best to find them um, a spouse. Yeah, and so the thing is that the, the bride and groom... If it all works out correctly, the bride and groom don't meet each other until they show up at the altar and the wedding is on. And so that'd be the first time they see each other. First time they know the name. Yeah. There's been some cheating going on, but (laughs) well, and then I think in one of the first seasons we saw that, um, they had, they met each other. You know, they were meeting beforehand. Um, I'm thinking of the one. Oh yeah, girl. they did. They did. That's right. Well, actually, there were several where they went out with dates with the person and the parents, and yeah, yeah. So yeah. they've. I think they kind of changed that up this past go round. Yeah, the season we watched, they weren't supposed to see each other at all before they got married. Yeah, this most recent one. I don't think that was. Yeah. So as we're looking at this, then from a worldview standpoint, the thing that occurs to me is each family is kind of different. And how they approach it. 
Yeah, and so if you're going to talk about things like transcendence and uh, worldview issues like that, it's kind of hard because each family obviously approaches things a little bit differently, and mm-hmm. and it's not clear that each family has any kind of faith or what kind they have. Yeah, some of them are obviously confessing Christians. Yeah. And, uh, but there's a little bit of trouble in figuring out exactly, you know, worldview. Yeah, Except thing. with, like I say, you have to pay attention to what each family is doing. Mm-hmm. But the thing that does get me, and and I've noticed this, like you said when you were talking about what the premise is, about every one of these contestants, so to speak, <laughs> they don't win anything <laughs> other than they get married. But... Uh, so you'll have this young woman who says, I'm just sick of the dating scene. I'm meeting all the wrong guys and they're not good for me. And, and so I just trust my parents to come up with the right guy for me. And, mm-hmm. and that's the one I'll marry. But then it's obvious that they've communicated with their parents exactly what they're looking for, you know? Well, I think they do that. You know, they want somebody who's taller. If they want, you know, there's some probably some physical characteristics they're looking at. I think what's um, surprised me most about all this is how some of the parents fixate on silly things. Oh, yeah. You know, where it's like, well, he has to be at least six feet because I want (laughs) to wear heels. And so, you know, you can't even consider anybody who's 5'10. Right. You know, so. or, you know, he has to have hair. <laughs> or, uh, you know, just all these little things that they're like, you know, he can't talk weird. He can't chew with his mouth open. He can't, you know, <laughs> right. he can't do this or that or whatever. And it's just kind of funny how they fixate on, well, he's got to be tall, dark, and handsome. And if he doesn't look like that, then I don't care anything more about Right finding anything more about him so it's just uh it's kind of different right and i just kind of i don't know i mean i know that for a large portion of human history a lot of marriages have been arranged and and so it hasn't been uncommon in the history of the world for men and women to get married without being in love with each other and well i think the uncommon part of it is that they really don't know each other. I mean, yeah, they, they completely don't know each other. It's not just like these two families are kind of, yeah. yeah, they're completely strangers. They live in different places. They're settled in where they're at and what they do and who they are. And, uh, yeah, it's really kind of Right. Difficult. It is, it is strange. And, and the thing that I've found fascinating <clears throat> is that, Every once in a while, you can tell that we are dealing with a Christian family, or at least a church-going family that talks mm. Christian, Christianese. Yeah. But like here recently, one of them, the the mom who's looking for a husband for her daughter, she's very quick to say things like, "Have you met my best friend Jesus?" You know, she's obviously a very devout Christian woman. But then 
so she raises her daughter as a Baptist and yeah, you know, whatever that means these days. And then, <laughs> <Not much. laughs> and then the man that she picks to marry her daughter is a Catholic mm-hmm. who really doesn't, as a, just as far as we could see, it really doesn't show any signs of being Devoured regenerate or, yeah. or anything, but, but maybe your daughter doesn't either. And so I don't know. Uh, some of these things I think are kind of confused. I, I, I've, if, if you and I were in that situation that one of our daughters said, you have to find me a husband. Yeah. I, I just envision a lot more deeper sorts of conversations taking place yeah. as we met with the guy. And and I don't know if, if that happens or it doesn't happen because you know of editing and timelines and stuff like that. But there are some basic questions that a lot of these parents forgot to ask. Like, do you want to have kids? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a big deal thing for everybody involved because the one person is like yeah we're gonna have kids and the other person's like no i don't want kids and you know and they're married so yeah, right <laughs> so little things like that you know there's just some things that they didn't and i don't know if they asked one guy if he was employed and i i don't think he was employed but you know yeah. just some some little pieces here and there that might be uh interesting information to have beforehand so yeah but it kind of you kind of do see a a kind of a covenantal thing going on with the families because you can almost see by the way the parents are acting you can imagine well no wonder this this kid's had a hard time finding a spouse Mm -hmm. you know because the parents don't have it yeah. Together Some or of the their... parents have been divorced and yeah. remarried a few times. And, right. Yeah. And then when they go trying to find a spouse, like you said, and it may be all editing and stuff, but man, they're not, they're not very deep people. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't really think any, anybody this last time that we watched was their faith ever an issue except maybe for the one and then it was like well he's a catholic but well okay yeah that's just a different kind of you know that's not so bad really i don't even know i guess it's fine yeah yeah so um yeah kind of disappointing i think in that but on on the other hand and this is another show, but it's, uh, I think they were at 20, the 20 kids and counting. Oh, yeah. Um, the Duggars. Yeah. How they're, they're set up for their daughters, because that's who's gotten married so far. The oldest son did get married. But they have um, kind of like an interview process. Right, with the yeah. courtship thing. Well, not just with a courtship. They actually have um, paperwork that they have to fill out. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That, you know, they have to say, you know, what are your intentions? How do you plan to support my daughter? How are you going to do this? Yeah. Um, What's your goals for like five years out, for 10 years out? How are you going to serve the Lord with my kid? Yeah. And um, much more intentional, much more serious. And 
and still with the same goal and design at the end that the one person they start off with is going to be the one person they end up with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this married by mom and dad, I guess the, the thing that I have found fascinating is that, uh, for almost all the participants, the, the kids that are thinking about getting married, there is something that they still value about marriage. They kind of see marriage still as, as a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it almost seems like what they're hoping to do is just lock somebody up in marriage, you know, and then work on falling in love with them or, or whatever. They're just, uh, they're looking for that exclusivity of the relationship so that as they're getting to know this person, they can, uh, they don't have to worry about stuff like that. And, and, and they see marriage as that kind of bond that once we've done this, okay, now it's just, now it's just me and you and we got to figure it out. And, uh, I don't know, there's something, I mean, that's not the way I would recommend anybody doing it, but several of them do seem to have gone into it with this idea that this is what, if we get married, we're married and we're that's just going to have to, we're just going to have to figure it out after that. And, uh, you know, I just think anybody who does get married should have that <laughs> attitude. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think that's right. You need to realize that it's something serious. And of course that's something that's lacking in our culture. Everything's disposable. If it yeah. doesn't work, well, yeah. it doesn't work. So let's try something else. Right. Let's try something new. And that's just kind of the society that Americans live in. You're right. There's always something new and something better, so why can't I have that? You know, we do it with technology. <laughs> we do it with our cars. Sure. And why not do it with your spouse, you know? Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, and then I think you notice a Christian, uh, a Christian uh, influence in at least the background I guess that's what I'm saying. Because the, all these folks that may not be Christians, still put a lot. They of still idea. have kind of a Christian view of what marriage should be, in in terms of commitment yeah. and covenant, and you know they won't use that language, but that's what they're talking about—a yeah. binding covenant and and. Well, I mean, honestly, isn't that what people really want? When they're getting married. I would think so. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who these people are that are getting married. That's the, that's what they envision and that's what they see and that's what they want. And I think it has to go back to, you know, the image of Christ and his bride and his faithfulness towards the church and how those two things work together. And, and that's what a marriage relationship is modeled after. Yeah. And who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the unbelievers that are getting married, there's yeah. something about that ideal that has seeped into their consciousness, you know. And, mm -hmm. Unbeknownst. <laughs> yeah. And the... Uh, there's one story that I've found both aggravating and fascinating with the football player mm -hmm. in this season. Yeah. And for people who haven't watched it, the 
the one guy, he got his parents to choose his bride for him. And this is a guy that's been, he's played some professional football. I'm not sure at what level, whether it's arena league or. No, I think he was on a real NFL team. Oh, he was in the NFL for yeah. a little while. So obviously he's a handsome guy and, and athletic build and stuff and. I guess he's just taken full advantage of that <laughs> for most of his life. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Little as vain, self-centered. Yeah, extremely self-centered. Yeah. And, you know, we find out the more we hear from him, he's probably got dozens and dozens and dozens of sex partners in yeah. the past. and Yeah, probably pretty and, scary. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, and then... So his motivation for the whole thing is it winds up being very self-centered. He's just come to some realization that he doesn't want to keep living his whole life like that. And mm -hmm. and he's even said things like, I I want to be a better person than that and, mm -hmm. and learn to treat people better than I've treated them. And, and he's hoping that Having a wife. Having a wife <laughs> and being married will kind of force him to be better or something. Because you can't just be kind and consider right. it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so that's what's been frustrating is just watching this happen and, and feeling bad for the girl that she's really going to say yes and, and she doesn't know what's waiting for her. And, and, uh, but then since the time that they did go ahead and get married and she's finding stuff out and, you know, my whole time I've been watching it and I'm thinking, well, this is just going to be a disaster, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Yeah. but, but as this, as we got to the end of this season, I was thinking, you know what? They have a shot. <laughs> <This> <laughs> they could, they could make this work because. It seems like the guy really is serious about being better. Yeah. It's just that as a as a man who understands what the word teaches, I know that his desire to be better may be genuine, but apart from Christ, he doesn't really have the power that he needs to sustain yeah. that kind of thing. And, yeah, that kind of control. And what's he going to do when he realizes maybe he really doesn't have the power to be better? at least not for real or for over the long haul. And, mm -hmm. But it does seem for the most part, like he and his wife are trying to, trying to walk in a lot of grace with each other and mm -hmm. uh, trying to be honest and open and forgiving and, uh, and trying to do things that build trust with each other and stuff like that. So by the end of the thing, you know, I'm grinding my gears the whole, <laughs> the whole time we're watching. And, uh, but at the very end, I'm thinking, doggone, they might, they might pull it off. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I just, I think it's funny because our oldest daughter tells me, no way does anybody in their right mind let their parents do that. <laughs> and then we have our middle daughter who's like, that might work. That might be feasible. And. Right. Of course, our youngest is not even really on the market looking for anything <laughs> right, at all. So right. it's just, it's funny to hear our own kids talk about, really, who's going to do that? Who is the idiot that's going to say, yeah, I'm going to yeah, let my parents do right. this? 
And after I've seen some of the parents, I'm like, why would you let your parents do this? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pretty interesting. And, and like I say, as you watch each family, there, there are different kind of worldview issues as you sit and, and, mm-hmm. and listen to them. You can kind of discern what they're thinking. My thought was though, I'd like to introduce a new feature in our little podcast here. A new feature. <laughs> yeah. As, as we're looking at, at worldview issues and, and analyzing media, I would like to, if we can remember to do it, to think about asking ourselves the question, if the media that we're talking about had been produced by self-conscious, uh, serious Christians who were hoping to glorify God in what they're producing, mm-hmm. if we had Christians making this media, mm-hmm. how would it be different? Do you have any ideas? Now, are you going to do this for... For everything. For everything. But, I mean, like, if you were doing this married by mom and dad... Yeah. Are you still having, like, anybody being able to be on this? Are you going to make it more exclusive that we want people... Well, that's what I'm asking. What would you do if you were a Christian and and you're in charge of making this show? If I was in charge of making this (laughs) show, I would want to have... Everybody who's applying fill out questionnaires. Oh yeah. So that you really have more of an of a. I think they did that, didn't base. they? I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I know they do these little video things where they look at them and they talk and say some stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. And then the parents just go out on dates based on what they see on the videos. Yeah. And then they just ask them questions. Yeah. You know, well, do you work? Right. Do you yeah. want to get married? Would you marry this person that you've never seen before? And. It it doesn't really look at anything of depth or of value about the character of this person. Well, I thought he was a nice guy. Yeah. You know, he didn't look squeamy or bolt looking like he was. His eyes red. weren't set too close together. <laughs> you know, he had hair. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that I think that'd be big for me is that, you know, if I was gonna want. Really, anybody on the show. I think you really need to have something more in-depth with questionnaires yeah. so people really know something about this other person. Yeah, I think the idea of making sure that people didn't get unequally yoked would be big for me. Yeah. You know, you'd want Christian people marrying Christian people. And and then I I think that, that it would be valuable. It, it probably wouldn't make good TV, but it would be valuable to actually have theological discussions mm-hmm. with the prospective bride or groom or, and see, you know, do you really think the same thing about serving God and, and what the purpose of your little family unit is going mm-hmm. to be and what the calling on your life is. And mm-hmm. I, you know, there's nothing like that. It's just, do you have a job? And, I've never seen anybody be talking about what's your purpose. What are you? Yeah. What are you doing? And uh, yeah. And then I think also it might be a, a good thing. You have the parents interviewing the perspective, and they know their own child. But I think it might be nice to have like a neutral third party 
who could function as like a counselor who could meet with both the bride and the groom separately and, and just give some input that was objective and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a pastor or something who could well ask some deeper questions and, I think and stuff. this past season, you know, the, the person that was being interviewed, their family really had no clue what right. was going on. The other family isn't yeah. involved at all. Not right? until the wedding. <laughs> right. yeah. So they're not part of the interview process. They're not part of, um, anything yeah and i was don't you think that's logistic though because a lot of the time they don't they're freaked out by what their child is even being involved with the potential and well but i think part of that is because they don't know anything until hey i'm getting married this weekend yeah, right you know and they're like what you're getting married this weekend <laughs> right and and i think you know that can really cause some problems for a new couple you have a lot of things that are um, potential issues anyway, but when you don't have the support of both families, yeah, I think that makes it much more difficult. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, do you recommend the show? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting to see what people value. Yeah, I think that's what gets me is that. It's intriguing to see what people, well, like you say, what they value and what they think is really important. And and then for me, it's interesting. Now you're married. Now what? And uh, Yeah, and we don't have any follow-ups on on (laughs) that. We just have the the process of getting married. So, um, But that's fascinating. I'd like to, you know, if you're going to watch it, I I think the you become kind of invested in these different families and following them along. And mm-hmm. So a little follow-up would be nice. I think so. So it's kind of interesting. It's, you know, it's not like earth-shaking no. TV or anything. No, but... and it's not as... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch and see different family dynamics and and see how these families interact with each other. And, you know, of course, they're trying to do the best thing that they think they can do for their child. Yeah. And so, um, of course, they're trying, they really are trying to find the right person. And they take this very seriously. But even in taking it very seriously, I, I don't think they understand the gravity of what they're doing, (laughs) you know, really, I really don't think they get, they're like, well, you know, uh, it'd just be good for you to be married and we want to find you the right guy, but this is really serious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So kind of fun. He might take a look at it. Kind of interesting. And then it's interesting. We've done the same thing, uh, like driving places in the car where, with the daughters in the back seat and you and I, I don't know why we did it or if it was related to the show or not, but driving along, you and I started to describe who their perfect guy would be. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think they were all shocked at how close we came Yeah. for all of them. We knew what they wanted and yeah. what they thought was important. 
I think we'd be really good at picking that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Let's take our break and we'll come back and we've got a special request from a listener and we'll handle that right after our break here. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back, and it's time for our next segment, and we're going to change gears a little bit here. Uh, we had a listener <coughs> a listener requested that we watch a particular music video and comment on whatever worldview issues we think we saw there. Now, the music video is its just a clip from the movie Aladdin, and it's a song where... Uh, it's a bro uh, what's it called? A whole new world. I believe that's right. A whole <laughs> new world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought about downloading the MP3 and playing a little bit as a clip, but but then I was thinking, well, I could just sing it, and <laughs> people would know. They would recognize it immediately. Right. right. Okay. So, but in the video, then. It's a really. It was a really popular song back in the day. Well, it's really more like a movie clip than a. Yeah, it's not a really video. a movie. Not really <coughs> a music video. Yeah. Here comes our <laughs> screaming cat. <laughs> you crazy cat! All right. So, in the in the movie, then what's happening is Aladdin. <laughs> you crazy get out of here <laughs> so in the in the movie Aladdin goes to Princess Jasmine's balcony yeah. and takes her for a ride pretty much across what uh, to, all the way to Egypt I don't know where they are but well, I think they're... they wind up in China yeah so it's a magical carpet a magic ride, carpet ride. <laughs> right. I think that's in the song <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there's consistency there then. So they go on this ride. Mm -hmm. And the point of the lyrics of the song, uh, or what I kind of fixate on a little bit, is Aladdin going on and saying, I will open your eyes, show you wonder after wonder, and mm -hmm. show you things you've never imagined. And, uh I guess my thought worldview wise is that uh, 
if a guy this is purely hypothetical but if a guy <laughs> if a guy showed up in a fancy car at night here and took our teenage daughter out her bedroom window without our knowledge and went riding around mm -hmm. i'd be pretty perturbed and uh so obviously that whole situation for me i think that was a that was not a a good thing to do and yeah and the other, well, the issue that I kind of have with the whole movie is that one of the central themes is that Jasmine knows better than all the adults around her, including her dad who loves her. And, of course, he's under a spell at some point and yeah. stupefied. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's stupefied. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he doesn't have his faculties about it. No, him. that's right. And... Uh, and for me, I think that's a fairly common theme in Disney movies is that you're the adolescent girl and you know best for you and even if your parents tell you no. And, mm -hmm. and it's kind of usual in a Disney movie for love to kind of justify everything. You, you know, if you're doing this bad thing but it's for the sake of love, mm -hmm. then it's... It's really not that bad, and <laughs> and and so I kind of see that in Aladdin, and and really I think it's present there in the in the video. So for me, that's kind of what was on my mind. What do you think? Well, if if we're talking about that portion of it, then really, in my mind, Aladdin is deceiving himself. Because he's not that person who can show her that world, regardless. He's only there doing that because of the genie. Does he have access to all these things? And that's not really who he is, either. So ultimately, he's deceiving himself. As he's trying to deceive her. Well, as he's trying to say these... Well, and I think most guys, when they're interested in a girl, they want to say, look at... If you're with me then I can, I can do these things for you. And so I think he's wanting to impress her, which is, I think, fairly typical for most people to want to do, is to impress somebody and to raise their value um, for something that you think the other person's looking for. Right. That's why I suck my stomach in whenever you walk into the room. <laughs> is that what you're doing? <laughs> so, and ultimately, it's not a real story. You know, it's no, a, well, right. You know, it's a cartoon, and um, but it is still good. You know, we say it all the time. <laughs> even the even the kind of frivolous things are projecting a message and mm -hmm. trying to communicate something. So you didn't see worldview wise. You didn't see. I mean, there's no like hidden Illuminati symbols in the video. Or... <laughs> well, I think sometimes you got to be careful not to take things out of context. Yeah. And if you remove a portion of a of a movie and a clip and say, okay, let's look at this clip and yeah. investigate this and see what meaning we can put into it, without having the whole movie with it. Yeah. Then you you're going to take things out of context. And I think that's something that we, we as Christians don't like people doing scripturally because people do it all the time. Well, let me take this one verse and I'm going to twist it to fit what I think and what I see. And so 
um, yeah, we need to be critical about what we're watching and what we're letting our kids watch. And, um, but don't be taking things out of context, you know, and it is a movie and it is pretend and it's not real. And those are all things that I think everybody watching kind of gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there is no real magic carpet. There's no, no genie. There's, um, yeah, I There's understand, but there, there, are, there are themes, though, and there are, yeah. there are messages involved. And well, and I think you, you talk about, uh, you know, your place in the garden and, and what is that, but I think in the Bible we see that God is giving the nations to Jesus, and so it is throughout the world, through yeah. to Egypt, through to China, through to all these places, and so it's about taking dominion, not just in your little backyard, it's about a whole new world. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and but, going out and doing those things. <laughs> right, but he was wanting to show her. A, uh, he was kind of approaching that in a shortcut sort of way, illegitimately. He's gonna, you know, like you said, he doesn't really have the power to do any of that. And the magic that he has is borrowed, and mm-hmm. yeah, and, and he's not really that guy. Well. Your point about taking stuff out of context is a good one because the the man who recommended we watch this and comment on it was specifically one of the things that he mentioned was as Aladdin is kind of promising to reveal secret knowledge to Jasmine, mm-hmm. which is what the whole song is about, which kind of <laughs> which kind of uh, reminds. <laughs> For me, it reminds me of the serpent's temptation in the garden. Mm-hmm. And and he said, uh, you know, at one point in the video, Aladdin actually hands her an apple, mm-hmm. you know, and is that meant to hearken back to the sin in the garden? And when I watched it, I was like, well, yeah, there it is. There's the symbol. He's <laughs> he, he's, promising, he's promising to reveal knowledge to her that she didn't have and hands are an apple and uh well bingo yeah but then you pointed out that over the course of the story the beginning of the story this is a, a recapitulation of something that that has already happened mm-hmm. when, where she's giving an apple to right he else. was down and out as a street urchin and she handed him an apple she was handing a little boy an apple not him he was there on the scene. oh yeah okay so yeah but there was another apple scene prior to that and, it, and she's the one that was handing it <laughs> and i think uh, right we are the ones that have said it's an apple i don't think that's really what's recorded in genesis no it's, it's just not the, it's just a fruit right yeah it's just the fruit from that's that an artistic rendering tree. and so yeah. yeah but i mean and you yeah you take some artistic licenses with these things but it was not an apple that was given to eve that she took and if i eat an apple now that doesn't make me a bad person or i offer an apple to someone else right. you know yeah it's an apple <laughs> I don't think we have access to those trees anymore. You're talking like you are not very symbolically minded. Well, (laughs) so if I have an apple at home, what does that mean? That I want power or I want an apple? (laughs) I have power. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt you do. All right. Uh, So... Would there be a more Christian way to have done this scene? 
Have you given any thought to that or been able to think about it? Well, I think when we look at that, what, how would a Christian do this story? And could we do this story in a Christian perspective? And with the cultural references and genies and all that stuff, uh, I don't know. I think we also run into problems with a lot of the um, works that are so-called Christian because they seem very shallow right. and they seem very, um, they're just really not applicable to everyday living. Yeah. And so you fall into a pit when you go the other way too by just saying, well, I'm, I'm going to do everything completely with a Christian perspective and, and they just, they don't do as well. Um, well, I don't because think it seems like you're just forcing Christian stuff onto whatever your story is. Yeah. Sewing crosses on the shoes. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> and so there, there has to be a way to do that that is intelligent, that isn't, um, that doesn't compromise things, and that doesn't make your audience feel like they're stupid. Right. You know. Yeah. And I think that's that's a hard thing. That really is a hard thing to do today. Um, if we look at writers in the past, I think of C.S. Lewis and the Narnia series that he did. And, and those are books that everybody likes to read. They're not exclusively a Christian right. book for a Christian audience. But if you look at um, some of the other things that are, are really just more exclusively Christian, they... They don't have a wide reach. They don't right. have, they're not reaching to anyone outside of Christendom. So, right. is that good? <laughs> and why? Yeah. Why aren't they doing that? Is it just what's in there that people aren't finding worthwhile to read? Right. And even with Tolkien, I'm, he's, he was a contemporary of C.S. Lewis, but uh, I don't think he ever said, yeah, this is. A Christian perspective. He just no. In to... fact, he was adamant that there were no allegories in his story. You know, Aragorn didn't stand for Jesus or something like that. Yeah. Although there were some parallels. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. is that? Yeah, I don't know because he was he was always very careful to be like, oh no, I'm. But you can't you can't write in a vacuum. You can't do any creative yeah, arts in a right. vacuum. And what you believe ultimately its flows way. it's yeah, yeah, yeah it flows out into what you're doing and so um i agree i think you've nailed that and and was disney a christian well probably not right you know but his stories are fun there's usually some type of lesson in them that can be applied even if it's don't be that person <laughs> you know right. and yeah, and yeah. as parents you need to be looking for those lessons to teach as well when you're watching them you know is this really something that would be wise for us to do well maybe not and right. it's always having a conversation with your kids i think we tried to do that when we were raising the girls when they yeah. were little beans and and for us you know santa is just a rampant thing in our society and we made not a, you and me you're well, saying us no. in general yeah, well yeah. we we made a decision that we were gonna you know Santa isn't real. Right. Straight up from the beginning. It wasn't something they found out when they were eight or nine. Right. You know, we told them Santa is not real. Right. We do not believe in Santa. He's a nice story. It's a nice character to think about. 
but Christmas is not about Santa. Christmas is about Jesus. Sure. And also, you're not allowed to tell this to any of your friends because <laughs> their parents say Santa is real, and I, I can't have you tell them that it's not because that would ruin a lot of things for a lot of people. <laughs> but a lot of that stuff we were just very upfront with our kids about that Sure. this holiday may be associated with the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny doesn't visit here. <laughs> you may get an Easter basket, but it's not from a bunny, you know. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fun things that we can do and participate in and be and have our kids have access to without endorsing it fully and saying, yeah, we I believe in this right. and we have to believe in that. And it's it's the same way. Or you way. can play sports without being a sports idolater. Right? Yeah. You, you can watch sports without and be interested in it without... Elevating you know, it to something beyond what it should it be. some kind of rival to God or something like that. Which sometimes that's hard during football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now football's over, so that's good. Yeah. All right. So I think that means we're about done. And so uh, thank you for tuning in. Nobody's still listening, of course, but if you are, wow. <laughs> Why? <laughs> You should be doing kingdom stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyway, the one of you out there that's listening, thank you. And go out and take dominion now. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>